Hello, everybody. Welcome. It's time for Atomic Radio Hour, the show that constantly has some sort of technical difficulty. Even though I've been doing this for almost 300 weeks straight. Yes, 300 weeks straight. This is episode 295. And uh, I just spent the better half of 45 minutes going through technical difficulties with Discord. Because Discord never wants to work. Ever. Never not once, never not never. It never wants to work. Uh, and and this, is, this is the thing that killed Skype. <laughs> and here we are. How are you guys doing? I have a kind of a short episode for you today. I've had a lot on my mind lately. I think I am experiencing what the kids call the burnout as of lately. I think everything's kind of hit me at once. I also think it's that time of the year. Um, I found myself unironically listening to the Mountain Goats earlier this, this week, which means I'm going through something. I don't really know what it is. I don't know what it is manifesting. It's just... Uh, it's never enough sleep. It's just that time of year. It's cold. It's drab. The weather's here. The weather's there. It's snowing. It's raining. It's also Colorado. So, uh, it's going to snow till probably about July. And then I get about six to seven weeks of not that. And then I'm back to cold or at least, you know, a, a sweatshirt or something. How are you guys? You look fantastic. Uh, we have a member in the audience tonight. First time popping in. I'd like to say Hello to Marcus. Hello, pal. Uh, if you'd like to watch these episodes get recorded live and hopefully not sit through uh, 40 minutes of technical difficulties now that I have everything situated, uh, there's a link in the description to the Discord where you can become part of the $10 tier, the Film Live for a Studio audience where you can watch these episodes get recorded every single week live. Go ahead and check it out. You can change your tier at any point in time. Just saying it's there. If you like the show, come on, check it out. Now, I've been talking recently a lot about how Microsoft is going to slowly become this generation, our generation, your and my generation, if you are of the ages of 22 to 38, our generation Sega, in the sense that Sega was a powerhouse, they made huge games, they made Sonic the Hedgehog, and they had the Dreamcast, and the Genesis, and the Mega Drive, and then all of a sudden, everything went away. Not because they were just like, hey, we're done, but very much because of bad business decisions. They decided maybe this isn't for us any longer, and they decided to dip out of the console race. They, it was Sony. It was slowly becoming Sony, Nintendo, and Sega, and they walked back, and they said, we are just going to make software. And that's kind of where we're going. Now, if you know your history, and I'm someone who enjoys history, uh, the more shit changes, the more shit stays the same. Almost 100 years ago, we were beating up Nazis, and we're going to have to start doing it again pretty soon. This whole video just went down because I said that word. Cool. Uh, history repeats itself. And what we're seeing now is what I think is the next step akin to the video game crash of 1983. For those who don't know, the reason why Nintendo is Nintendo is because of what happened in 1983. Video games were looked at as a fad. The Atari, the Intellivision, the Magnavox, all that stuff, the Odyssey, uh, was all looked at as a fad and it was here and it was gone. This also happened to skateboarding. Tony Hawk, who I have an immense amount of respect for in such a weird way, as someone who never even skateboarded, but just hung out with skaters, Tony Hawk was a part of the first wave of skateboarding when it was all like surfing on land and then slowly turned into what it is today after the fad had died and then had come back that second time. 
this is what is about to happen with video games. I thought this was going to happen about 10 years ago. I thought this was going to happen at like the end of the 360 era, the beginning of the PS4 era-ish. I thought this was about to happen. But now it really feels like it's going to happen. As you probably know if you've been here, I get all of my notes in terms of modern events from Kyle. Kyle kind of keeps me up to date. He's my my ear to the ground, if you will. And I got some things from Kyle that he put he put in my notes uh, that Kyle and I share. If we want to talk about some things, we have a, a shared notes account. He'll send me, hey, talk about this, or you might want to look into this. And I have two things. One's fun, and this one's this one. And uh, this is from... Mr. Poyo one at MRPYO one. Uh, we are two months into 2024 and here are a list of some of the layoffs that have been happening gaming wise. Microsoft has laid off 1900 people. Sony has just laid off 900 people. Unity software lays off 1800. Twitch lays off 500. Riot games lays off 530. Discord laid off 170. Discord laid off 170. Discord laid off 170 people and Discord hasn't worked all of 2024. There is no reason why when I open a YouTube video, all of the audio on my computer while I have a discord call opens just stops working everything just shits the bed uh play tika three to four hundred people lost boys interactive 120 pixelberry studios 120 metawave I'm sorry metaverse world 70 people black force games 50 recon games 60 Eidos Montreal, 97. Sega of America, 61. 91 Act is 60 people. Supermassive Games, 90. And I was reading something recently that Supermassive is like totally embracing AI. Games cost an exuberant amount of money to make and they don't make any money back. If I remember correctly from the PlayStation leak, Sony made $500 on Ratchet and Clank. I'm probably wrong when I say that, but I know it is a Sony title that came out and made like nothing, like made, made all of its money back and then nothing. And we are slowly laying off all of these, these people that work for these companies that make the entertainment that we love. And I don't think I'm alone when I say it feels like the only things that have come out have been indie titles that have really grabbed people. And I'm just speaking from my own personal experience, but these massive studios, Sony lays off 900 people. Sony Interactive lays off 900 people. The Xbox division of Microsoft lays off 1,900, 1,800 people. These games are becoming bigger to make. GTA 6 will cost probably a trillion dollars in resources to make. And we don't even know if it's going to be good. But it's going to get a lot of praise because it's Grand Theft Auto. The crash is coming. I'm telling you. For those who don't know, I should have prefaced this before a little more. E.T. is highly accredited with causing the crash because so many copies were made for the Atari and then the crash happened and they buried a bunch of uh, Atari games in the middle of Nevada. So I would not be surprised if we hit a point where maybe it's GTA 6, man. Who knows? I doubt it. But like, who knows? Maybe some big game is about to come out and everyone's going to be like, hey... And then the next thing we know, there is a landfill filled, which I don't think will happen because physical media is going. But if we hit another dip, like 83 to 85, because Nintendo showed up in 85, big swinging Nintendo dick going, hey, hey, we're going to put the video game system in the toy aisle and not in the electronics aisle at the Target, the Walmart, the Best Buy. 
because I don't even know if they were selling them at Best Buy. I wasn't there. Who knows? Because they didn't want it to be looked at as a, an electronic. They didn't want to be looked at as a video game. It was a toy. It was an interactive, interact, interactive experience. And uh, we're heading for that. I really do. I really think we're heading for that. I don't know if it'll be as dramatic. Uh, they also said that the banks were too big to fail in 08, and 08 sucked, and I haven't heard people 10 years older than me stop talking about it in, well, almost two decades. Two and a half, a decade and a half. But it's happening. Uh, I hope it doesn't. I hope there's a way to fix this and stop this. But people are losing their jobs, and that's what it comes down to. The video game, video game studios will not unionize. Um... As someone who is very much in favor of unionization, with unionization of video game studios, we do not get... I've said this a million times before. I'm sorry if you're hearing me say this for the millionth and one time. We don't get games like Grand Theft Auto. And maybe that's the point, man. Maybe it's cool that we can do it, but it's not viable. A Fallout, an Elder Scrolls, a Starfield should not take 12 years to come out. Four to five to six makes sense. They made New Vegas in 18 months. Shouldn't be... A decade. I shouldn't, like, there is a possibility I could have a child before the next Fallout game comes out. And that's a wild thing to think about, man. It's crazy. Something else I'd like to talk about real quick. I wanted to make sure you guys heard it rather early. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it to this one this year. But this year, November 16th, which is my birthday, and 17th is the Fallout New Vegas fan celebration of 2024 at the Pioneer Saloon. Located at the historic Pioneer Saloon, 310 West Spring Street, Good Springs, Nevada, free admission, all ages and pet friendly. I didn't get to go last year, as you know. I don't think I'm going to be able to go this year. But hey, Nevada's not going anywhere. Good Springs isn't going anywhere. The Pioneer Saloon's not going anywhere. Fallout New Vegas isn't going anywhere. But if you want to go check it out, uh, I will link to this Twitter post that I got this from. If I can still find it, I got it from Mantis. I'll link to that in the description below so you can go ahead and check that out. I just wanted to let you know because if you get to go, send me some pictures. It's exciting. Uh, I, I got invited to do a D&D &D game there last year. And uh, hopefully if they don't go this year, maybe the year following or something, when I do get to go, if I get to go, we can all meet up and play a little D&D &D or something. I would like to get into this week's lore, but before I get into this week's lore, we got to talk about the Patreon. Uh, because of the Patreon, I can I can have the show become bigger and better and stronger, and there's new fun things that I can try, like having the Discord uh, people that are in the $10 tier in the Patreon sit in on these episodes, get recorded live, like I said, in the top of the hour. We are here with Marcus, who is sitting in on this episode, who has been with me for <laughs> this episode. I have a lot of things I have to troubleshoot and change and maybe see if I have to update Discord or update something else. My drivers always need a good update. And, uh, but I have to thank the Patreon. If you like the show, consider at least checking it out from the $1 tier to the $10 tier. Your voice is heard multiple times throughout the making of these programs from the $1 tier all the way to the 10 whether you're helping me pick this week's lore or you're sitting in on these episodes becoming a part of the episode on screen are some of the people i have to thank real quick so starting at the top i have to thank the og noah thank you noah after noah i have to thank marcus thank you marcus and thank you especially for being here after marcus i have to thank mellow millhouse thank you to mellow millhouse and last but certainly not least i have to thank captain lennox thank you to captain 
Lennox. Like I've said, because of you guys, the show continues to grow and get bigger and stronger as we proceed. And like I said, there's a chance for you to sit on these episodes getting recorded live. Like I said, this week I wanted something a little easy, a little light, a little fun. And I went on the Patreon and I asked a very simple question about two characters that I feel like are are very uniquely to their own games, their own sides of the universes in the Fallout universe. I very much think that there is the like Fallout 1, 2, New Vegas, the Fallout 3, 4, and 76 kind of side tactics you could throw into the OG stuff too. But I feel like there's two sides and these two groups of characters very much represent the entirety of what these games are. Option one that I gave the, the, the Patreon was Sarah Petrovita, a collector, a woman who likes things from Fallout 3 and has made her entire life about these things, and Mick and Ralph, two shopkeeps from New Vegas who are always on the up and up on what's really going on on New Vegas's underbelly. So if you'd like to hear any lore, and I mean any lore whatsoever from the Fallout series, make sure to check out the Patreon because even at the $1 tier, from the $1 tier to the $10 tier, your voice, yes, your voice is heard weekly when it comes time to choose this week's lore from the Fallout series. And this week's lore, by way of the Ghoulman Entertainment Patreon, is on Sarah Petrovita from Fallout 3. And she shows up in Nuka World, the DLC for Fallout 4. Sarah Petrovita is a collector. She's a woman a collector, a young woman, someone who likes a thing to such an extent that it has become her obsession. It has become something that she thinks about night and day. She cannot get away from the idea of Nuka-Cola for multiple reasons. She surrounded herself with it, but also it's the thing that she loves the most. In the year 2277, you can find her outside of DC in a little settlement called Girdershade, and you can also find her 10 years later in Nuka World, the theme park, in Boston in 2287. Now, when I say she's obsessed with Nuka-Cola, it's not just the fizzy pop drink. It's not just the soda. It's not just the Coke. It's not just the soft drink that is Nuka-Cola. It's everything. It's history of Nuka-Cola. It's memorabilia. It's t-shirts. It's pants. It's hats. It's the little plastic bits that you shouldn't be obsessed with, but people that are obsessed with things collect. If you meet someone who's really into Disney stuff, especially the parks, they just collect the napkins. They collect the straws because they got little Mickeys on them. And that's what Sarah Petrovita is. This is a character that I very much identify with. This is a character who I empathize, sympathize with. This is a character who I enjoy seeing in these games because she's just a product of, of what she is. She's a product of this propaganda that's been peddled to an older world. There's a sense of nostalgia that comes with Nuka-Cola from its advertisements showing a family getting together and having a drink while having a, a picnic in the park or just, you know, relaxing. It's, it's if you look at old Coca-Cola, which obviously is Nuka-Cola's real-life counterpart, if you look at these things, they show you... And especially the advertising pretty much up until I'd say about the 80s. Uh, pretty much they show you what you want. They show you contentment. They show you happiness. And that's why you drink it. And you don't drink Pepsi. Not just because it killed Michael Jackson, but because it tastes awful. This is what she has bought into. She's bought into an old world 
idea that she has made into her entire personality. Her entire obsession started at the age of 16. At a, at a ripe young age, she got into it. And from the official Fallout 3 game guide, I get all of my lore off of fallout.fandom.com, the Wikipedia, if you will. But this comes from the... Uh, Prima official game guide, a direct quote. She has spent every bottle cap her parents left her acquiring the drink from merchants, travelers, and towns spread throughout the wasteland. Even though her looks are a desirable target for men, her personality leaves much to be desired. Now, she is a woman who gives out a quest that... As much as a collector as I am, if you've been here for a minute, I haven't used a picture of it in a while, but if you've been here for a minute, you know of the shelf, uh, the Fallout shelf, the shelf that I keep all of my collectibles on. I lovingly refer to it as the virginity shelf when people come over for the first time, because in my living room, I have two other shelves. I have like a Sesame Street Muppets one, and on the other side, I have Godzilla, and then here I have all my Fallout stuff, and they're like, wow, you really do have a lot of stuff, and I go, wait, do you see the virginity shelf? And then I show them this and this uh this shelf here if you've been here for a while you know it's my little shrine my little my little oasis of fallout stuff in my life that i keep it's all my trinkets my knickknacks some stuff that i built some stuff on here is over 10 15 years old but this stuff that i have I love to collect. I'm not a huge fan of collecting things in video games when it's a quest. Collect one of one one of these items or 30 of one item, not a huge fan. In Fallout 3, though, what I used to do all the time is I would collect weapons and armor. I needed one of everything. I don't know why. I needed one vault suit. I needed one variant of every vault suit. I needed one weapon, one variant of every weapon. I needed one of every piece of miscellaneous garbage. Could not tell you why I did this, but I did this. The point I'm getting at is... Sarah Pesjavita gives out a quest called the Nuka-Cola Challenge, where you have to bring her 30 Nuka-Cola Quantums. This is a quest I've done. I, I wanted to try to get all the achievements at one point. I'm in the process of getting all of them. I'm only missing like four or five. But you have to get these Nuka-Cola Quantums. You can drink every single Nuka-Cola Quantum before you get to her. There are a finite number of Quantums. If you go to, I know there's a few in Paradise Falls. So let's use Paradise Falls as an example. If you go to Paradise Falls, grab that quantum, drink that quantum, and then you go to the subsequent other areas where there is quantum and drink them, you cannot finish this quest. And I really, really like that about this quest. It shows you that collecting is a finite thing. I think it's also neat to actually have some sort of... Like Fallout 4, stuff comes back up. There also shouldn't be quantums in Fallout 4, but that's a story for a different day. There's a finite number of items that you can collect, and you can use them because they are expendable items. Right? So she lives in Girdershade with another fella by the name of Ronald Lauren. And during this quest, she'll say to you, hey, I need 30 Nuka-Cola Quantums. They're super rare. They were supposed to come out on October 23rd, 2077 in DC. And uh, there's a couple of them out there and I want them and I love them. And the strontium in them only makes me piss blue for a little bit of time, right? That's what I need. So after you acquire this quest from her, you can leave, and this guy Ronald shows up who lives in town. I want to read for you directly off the wiki what it says about Ronald because I think it's really hilarious and almost kind of beautifully, I don't want to say ironic, but it's a, it's a beautiful story being told about what the wasteland can do to somebody and how I really feel like Ronald feels. This again comes from Fallout 3's official game guide. The Game of the Year edition, page 93. Ronald Lauren, 
after his wife died, 33-year-old Ronald wandered the wasteland until settling in Girdershade. Living in close close proximity to Sarah Petrovita has made him feel even worse than when he was alone. His thoughts of loneliness are not as wholesome as most would think. Basically, he misses the physical side of relationships. Feeling these urges, has he has made several advances upon Sierra, who is completely oblivious to his motivations because she is, she is absorbed in her pursuit of nuka cola. Ronald mistakes Sierra's rejections as being spurned, and this has enraged him a great deal. Fortunately, he does not want to physically force himself on her, but wishes to get even with her in other ways. So this fella, this real piece of shit, shows up and says to you once, she says, I'll give you 40 bottled caps for every single nuka-cola quantum you give me ron can show up and say he'll give you 40 he just wants the credit for finding them uh you can persuade him with a speech check to give you double so he'll give you 80 caps but as i have written here in my notes he wants to give her quantum so he has a chance of and this is a direct quote from the fallout wiki plowing her bean field this man would like to plow a woman's bean field I have never heard plow someone's bean field as a sexual euphemism for sex. And I, I, very funny to me. Very funny euphemism. Now I've said it on this show before. I'll say it again. Good pussy and nostalgia can kill a man. And that's very much what I think Sarah Petrovita is supposed to represent here. She's got a post-contemporary haircut. She, uh, had parents with money i doubt they showed her much affection but they definitely showed her some cash here comes ron right she's got money she had money she spent it she's got this post-contemporary haircut she is the physical personification of nostalgia she is what the old world wanted someone who liked nuka-cola to be completely obsessed and he wants to lay pipe so badly, I actually have down here, Ronald wants to pipe so badly, he helps her find more memorabilia, helps her find more Nuka-Colas. He joined the Petrovita Nuka-Cola fan club, their first and only member. Now, yes, there is the Petrovita fan club. Ron has done all of this in a chance to get inside of Sierra's pants. Sierra is the president, the recording secretary, treasurer, and the 10-time winner. Now, mind you, she, she became a Nuka Cola fan. She's 26. She became a Nuka Cola fan at 16. So she, this is, she made this the year she found out about it. She's won it 10 times. She's the winner of the Nuka Cola Fan Club Collection Award. She loves that Ronald is there. And this is what I think is a beautiful story that could be told over time. She loves that Ronald is there. She thinks that he is a friend. He really, really genuine. She really, really genuinely believes that he has the best interests in mind for her and that he cares about her. I bet she would go as far to say she loves Ronald as a friend, as a buddy. And Ronald really, really, really just wants to have sex with her. She sees him as her her friend that wants to drink and talk about Nuka-Cola and talk about 
all this memorabilia and all the collectibles she has. And she sees him as a buddy who also keeps the raiders away and also goes out and scavenges a bit and also goes out and does all the things that he has to do to help her. And he just wants to have sex with her. And I think that there's a fun story to be told here. And I'm surprised I didn't talk about it at all in Nuka World. That maybe Ron really does start to see a friendship there. Maybe he does start to see that there's something there that isn't just a roll in the hay. Jumping of one's bones. He gets to a point where he gets to see who she is as a person and they slowly do become friends. Maybe he puts the pursuit of, of having sex to the side and he pursues a, one of friendship. I think there's a story there to be told that could be a very beautiful story. We just don't see it. And he's just a monster who's a little puss hound and wants to have sex with her. And he's a bad, bad man who will pay you a large amount of money to try to get into her pants. And I just think uh, this is a fun little corner of the wasteland because he's so pathetic. 10 years later in the year of 2287, she found out about the Nuka-Cola Nuka World theme park that is in Boston. She's trying to complete a challenge from the before times that is about finding 10 hidden cappies, one of the mascots, Bottle and Cappy, ten, find 10 hidden cappies all throughout Nuka World so she can go meet up with John Caleb Bradburton. Now, I know what you're thinking at home. John Caleb Bradburton died shortly after, if not immediately during the bombing during Great War Day. I don't want to spoil this quest. This is actually one of my favorite quests. Like in the entire series, this, the, the Cappy Hunt quest is one of my favorites. I haven't played it. I only played it the one time. I haven't played it since. I haven't played it almost in probably a decade. Uh, 2015 or 20, 2015 was Fallout 5. So it's coming up on that, like six, seven years. Love this quest. Absolutely love this quest. Don't want to spoil too, too much, but... She hangs out in Nuka World, and as you probably know, Nuka World has been taken completely over by raiders, and the raiders allow her to stay there as long as she stays to the market and right by Brad Burton's old office. When you bring her all 30 Nuka-Cola Quantums, she can also make you a Mississippi Quantum Pie, where if you bring her uh, one Nuka-Cola Quantum and a bag of flour and a bottle of vodka, she'll make you this pie. It's a consumable. I thought that was neat and fun. Between Fallout 3 and Fallout 4's Nuka World DLC, she actually pronounces her name differently, and... The voice actress Jan Johns confirms that that was completely an accident. She also knows poached roach in nuka sauce and quantum sorbet. Cool. I hope you've enjoyed that. She's a character who I really, really, really enjoy. Because if you haven't met anybody who's completely obsessed with one thing, hi. My name's Vince. How are you? I, I like to think that in some universe, Sierra Petrovita would have, like her own Nuka-Cola themed podcast. You know what I'm saying? And it would be like an NPR styled podcast where it'd be like, today we are going to be going over the history of John Caleb Bradburton. And we'll be talking about how his invention influenced not only modern America, but the modern world as we know it. This is Sarah Petrovita. The time is currently 9.45. The weather outside is uh, excessively violent with a chance of dismemberment. This is Quantum Talk. Like something like that, I could really see. I'd enjoy that. I'd get a kick out of it. 
it's world building that could really never happen unless she got her own radio station. Uh, but I enjoy it, and I hope you'd enjoy it because that has been this week's lore. <sighs> How are you guys? I hope you're doing well. I had kind of a rough week. Um, can't sleep enough. The coffee's not helping. It's helping for like 30 minutes and then it's not helping anymore. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to not use as much sugar. I just had a rough week. I don't want to sit here and bitch and moan about it. I'm training people at work. That's just always, that's just always something. Uh, just, you know, it's that time of year. It's right before we hit spring, uh, Easter, uh, which to, in my mind is the first day of spring. I, I don't know whether you're religious or not. I always thought Easter was just the first day of spring. Easter this year is the end of next month and it's coming at us quickly. Just, you know, the, the, the winter blues, the blah is almost out of here. We're almost ready for the warmth. Then before you know, it'll be Christmas again. I always come on here and preach about how important it is to check up on your friends, but I want to just say it one more time. It's incredibly important to talk to the people that you love. Also, talk to the people you work with. That's one that I haven't really talked about enough, I don't feel. Talk to the people you work with, because those are people too, and they spend a majority of their week at work and not with their families or their loved ones or doing projects that they care about. So if you can at least find some sort of community around the people you work with, they're, they're, that, that pays back in spades. And I was having a conversation with a friend of mine the other day when we were playing PlayStation together. We were talking about how the, the, the death of third spaces, there's home, there is work, and there's not really anything else. There's, there's no, there's no, you know, there's no, like, I can't go to the park and I can't do this and that, especially in Colorado, because the homeless problem is so bad that it's just overrun with homeless people and homeless people aren't a problem. It's the fact that we don't have anything to do with them, but we have all these abandoned buildings and what have you. There's no more third space. And if I want to go somewhere, if I want to go to a waffle house, a coffee shop, if I want to go out to dinner, these are things that cost five, six, seven times more than they did a few weeks ago, a few months ago, a few years ago, I saw something that statistically we're all making like five times as much as our parents did when they were our age and we can't afford anything. And if, if I just had the ability to go to a falafel shop once a week and have a rapport with those people, it would do wonders for me. I would feel like I'm a part of something bigger, but I'm at work all the time. So I might as well be a part of something at work. I might as well have a community, have a relationship with the people I work with. And I was for such a very long time, such a very, very, very long time, anti friends with people I work with. I was like, those are, those are the people I work with. They don't need to know nothing about me. And I've come back on that a lot. I'm very much now like, you know, these are people that I have to work with. We can be friendly. They don't got to know my blood type. They don't got to know who I'm seeing. They don't got to know, but you know, Hey, how you been Mark? Some guy that I don't really work with. How you been Mark? Yeah, you go to the movies with the missus, you brought the kids, how'd they, how'd they feel about it? I know, it's so expensive to go, but how was the popcorn? Was it good? Is it still buttery, still salty, still worth every penny? I know, I know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an experience that I hope never goes away going to that old movie theater. <sighs> Just something that we should all have. 
I hope you guys enjoy this week's episode. My name is Vince. This has been Atomic Radio Hour. If you like the intro music, it's by the one and only Shane Ivers. The intro song I use is called Feather Duster, but you can get all his, all of his free sounds at silvermansounds.com slash free music. In the description, there's a link to the Patreon. Again, check it out if you get a chance. There is uh, someone here, Marcus. Once again, hello, hi, thank you. Marcus is here sitting in on a live recording of the episode. And if you like these episodes, you can be a part of this too in the Discord. But hey, even if you just check out the Patreon, I appreciate it. If you like the show, pass it around, show it to a friend, put it on Reddit, show it to a community in that you think might be a Fallout-esque community and have them come over and have them hang out. And while you're at it, if you're not already in it, join the Discord. It's a lot of fun, a lot of like-minded folks who love Fallout, love RPGs, and want to sit around and talk. In the link, uh, the links in the description as well is a link to the Redbubble where you can get some logos that I and a few other people have designed, and the money that you spend on that Redbubble comes back to us, and again, all that money gets put back into the show. I think that's just about everything. There's a Twitter to, my, to me, to Kyle, and the show in the description below. I hope you guys have enjoyed. I love you guys very, very much. I will see you next week. Bye, everybody. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast. This has been a production made by your friends at Goldman Entertainment.